What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Marvel Alliance podcast, where we cover anything and everything to do with the Marvel Universe. From comics, TV, and movies, we'll go from the Mojoverse to Earth-616 to the Negative Zone to bring the Marvel Universe right to you. My name is the Uncanny Chris. I am the podcaster, Mischief Trust Now. Alliance Assemble. Assemble. Man, I'm excited today, because we. this is one we talked about. We said on social media, we've talked about this episode even before we thought starting this podcast. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited, but how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Just got back from vacation a little bit ago, had a little 4th of July get-together, obviously social distancing mm-hmm. at that point. But, uh, yeah, doing a little private little family cookout, uh, just the wife and me, after we put the kids to bed, put some steaks on the grill, do our own little 4th of July and the 5th of July. But happy belated Canada Day to you, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it sounded like you guys got to do a bit more down there. The most I had seen, I worked Canada Day, but I had seen, I bike ride to work. It was quiet, except there were these people playing like horseshoe with water bottles. I don't know how the game Mm. works, but that's what they were doing. So they look like they're having a fun time. But (laughs) So there wasn't much festivities, but me and the lady, we did go see the entire Dark Knight trilogy in the theaters. Luckily, the, yeah. How, how threw, was that? It was good. We threw up the grandparents' signal and said, "Hey, you want to watch the kids?" And uh, it was great. It was uh, for Batman Begins. There was three people in the theater, but then for Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, they were later because the way the theaters are working, there's only like one screening. You get one screening at this time, so we had the theater to ourselves for the last two, and it was good. I hadn't seen it since 2009, The Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises, obviously, a bit more recent, and and I was glad to see Batman Begins because when I saw it, I was younger, but also I wasn't feeling the great 
greatest. But as a kid, it's just I got to see it because it's Batman. But I remember the theater experience being like I kind of felt sick the whole time, like I had an upset stomach. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I got to actually sit down and appreciate. So it was great. Those movies, that's uh, that's my favorite kind of I won't say it's the best trilogy because in my heart, that's still Lord of the Rings. But it's probably my favorite trilogy because I just love what Nolan does with that world. And it was it was fun being back in the movie theaters it was different because it feels like we are living in a, a movie because before the movie plays you get this like two minute pandemic video of like this is how you sit this is how you go to the bathroom you know stuff like that so it, it felt strange but it it it's good so it's it's nice i had my mask there and everything there hand them out as well so hopefully you know it's it's a little thing but it was it was nice to just have that experience again and i finally finally got my movie theater popcorn which was good there you go but the double cross is i think because they're not doing refills here in canada right now because the the distancing whatnot they double mm-hmm. on the butter so the butter soaked some of my shorts it stained some of my shorts because it was <laughs> so much butter it dripped through the bag it was disgusting so i i got my butter but it was like kind of that be careful what you wish for sort of deal <laughs> so no it was good it was uh, a fun way that's awesome yeah. that's awesome yeah a little bit a little bit of normalcy will take in a different way so yeah but yeah we had we had a good week of shows on uh geek ultimate alliance this week yeah we did and then this week we got uh, a couple more we got dc fandom tomorrow obviously you listen to us every monday you can catch us marvel alliance but dc tomorrow not dc fandom but dc alliance i'm sure they'll be talking about fandom because there's all a bunch of rumors there's a bunch of who do you want to believe mm-hmm. do you believe reddit do you believe not i don't know that's always a tough situation i'm sure they'll talk about there's santana rumors going around so that's crazy and and then this Wednesday, what is your retro coming up this week? Uh, the retro is we've got Chris Rimmer from DC Comic Squad cast uh, talking about probably my favorite graphic novel of all time, uh, Kingdom Come. So really? That's, that's retro. That's uh, exciting. I didn't know that was your favorite. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to pick one that I could, it's. I, just everything about it. I'm a I'm an Elseworlds sucker when it comes down to it. Yep. But Alex Ross, Mark Wade, combine it with that just story and, and the Easter eggs on top of Easter eggs. I mean, that's one of my favorite Absolute editions I own. Um, it's definitely, like I said, put a gun to my head at this point. It's it's basically my number one. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's your like. If you're stuck on an island for the rest of your life, you're taking you know you only get one of them. Yeah. Taking, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> and, and people would be like, well, that's just four issues. I said, I know, but it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you have one for Marvel like that? Because I'm trying to think. I, I, my, um, my my Marvel one is like kind of all over but like i kind of lean towards something x-men or even daredevil born again because that's one that i've read many times and it's just like rich with characters but then my dc one's long halloween that one i read kind of twice a year that's that's my kingdom come of like if i have to go on an island with one that's the one i'm bringing with me yeah since i'm a huge x-men fan and this show be being what it is to, mm-hmm. to today my my go-to for x-men i always love rereading is fatal attractions okay yeah that's a good one yeah i, I think for me with x-men like it sounds like cliche but it is obviously like dark phoenix it's very good it's just it's just so good but age of apocalypse as well because that kind of has that almost yep, elseworlds mm-hmm. tale like it is eventually it resets but just the the fun kind of differences they do with that and magneto is just maybe the most badass he's ever been in all of comics when he mm-hmm. takes on apocalypse so for x-men i think age of apocalypse is again two kind of cliche answers like oh those are classics but it's kind of like kingdom come there's a reason they're classic because they're just they're so good you know Oh yeah, yeah no, yeah. Uh, Age of Age of Apocalypse was a good one for X Men. Yeah, I mean, there. I think with Marvel, 
yeah, I think, yeah, like I said, it's Fatal Attractions and followed by Age of Apocalypse. But Spider-Man, there's tons of different choices. I got Daredevil, tons of different choices. I mean, it's, I like it all. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of, mostly at that point. We're pretty lucky. Same um, thing in the world. We still got tons of, like, great comic books happening right now, so. Exactly. So, but yeah, so uh, we want to go to uh, our fan and fiction poll results from last week. Yeah, I will pull it up. So, we, and are, are you ready this week? Are you ready with your fact or fiction, sir? Yep. Yep, I've got I've got a spare back. I've I've got four, but I've I've got to I'll probably pull an audible and decide at the last minute what that what that one and save the other one for later. That's always good. So first off, we talk about you know we as we said it's a running joke here, but Doctor Doom comes up every week, so we'll see if he comes up next week because who knows? We have no topic dedicated to him. But we had a fact or fiction last week. It was my turn, and I said Doctor Doom's first MCU appearance will be in a Fantastic Four film. Uh, 67% went fact, 33% went fiction. I think we both went fact. You're more strong on me, but I think mm-hmm. I was kind of on the line because I still think there's a chance he could do a Thanos and just have a cameo at some end credit scene, but fans yeah. uh, fans are kind of going with you on that one. And then uh, what was the other one? Michael Keaton will appear in one more MCU film. Uh, that's, again, 67% fact and then 33% fiction. It was closer when the poll first came out, but then overnight it seemed like it went more of the fact side but I still have, I guess maybe people I wonder if we ran that poll after he got confirmed for Batman if mm-hmm. that if that was true if he gets confirmed I wonder if people how that poll would shake out so yeah we had uh, Tony uh, at Walkgator93 say that his opinion will be he will be in Spider-Man 3 somehow on Spidey's side or he will make a surprise third act appearance yeah I saw him tweet that that's tough because it's funny obviously lots of scoopers are saying this probably won't happen but the original filming date for Spider-Man 3 was starting this September which let's say if it did happen that's Mm -hmm. what two months away and it's I I find it strange that we haven't heard any other casting like at this point if we were about to film in September so that's why I kind of agree with people that we probably aren't filming September because the world situation but if we were I I think I need to wait and hear who the main villain is and what the plot is because we've heard tons of rumors of it might be Craven we've heard rumors that it might be a Spider-Man on the run movie I don't know so I once I hear kind of the villains in the plot because if it's him on the run I wouldn't see Michael Keaton being appearing but if it's him in new york i guess you never know but also Mm -hmm. again we would have seen it coming up this october we won't now what happens to him after morbius it looks like because people have made that conclusion of the prison suit he's in seems like the same prison suit he was in uh homecoming is he escaping so if he's escaping then sure he's on the run but if he's escaping how like how is he is morbius helping him escape is he just there so once i see morbius and once i know the spider-man 3 villain i'd see more confident but obviously that's why i asked the question last week because i like trying to ask the questions when it's like it's not so clear you know sometimes it is but once we see morbius and once we hear the villain it's gonna be pretty obvious if we get keen or not where now it's like it's all speculative what do you think do you think we will get some filming in september for spider-man 3 or you think that's gonna be delayed uh, i think it's gonna be delayed yeah <laughs> I, i'm not i'm i'm not confident on anything out, outside of stuff that's already that was already in production at that point getting back um but yeah we had another one comment um at tim's world five said i heard he might show up for another movie we'll see what happens so yeah i mean i'm hey it's michael keaton i'm not gonna turn it down so Oh, yeah, he's having, an, since Birdman, he's having a crew renaissance, and that was 2015, mm. so he's at a five-year streak of just yep. doing a great job. And before I throw these other fact or fictions, because you and I went down a rabbit hole or we chased a squirrel, like you guys say on <laughs> SC, I forgot to plug on Thursday, Star Wars Alliance Uh-oh. is back. Yeah, yeah, we went we went off completely, we went uh, into the negative. You're, you're going to hear it from Nathan and Katie. Yeah. 
Yeah, we went in the negative zone. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they are doing an episode totally entirely dedicated to Thrawn. He's obviously a big canon character as far as Legends or current canon. Uh, Taylor from Geek First, our very own, is guesting on there because he has talked about Thrawn since day one and it's always like, I understand him, but it's mm-hmm. good like he won't be talking French anymore because he has two other people that are just like canon junkies, so that'll be good. And then Friday, check out this week's episode Superhero Discussions because they just started season two of the Superman animated series, so I would say perfect time to go listen to that and then you can jump on for season uh, two episodes four to six, so that's what we're going on the rest of the week and then the last factual fiction we had was uh robert downey will appear in the mcu in the next 10 years 71 percent for fact and 29 percent fiction that was a big majority but i honestly still thought it would be a little bit higher because i feel like we're all everybody that answered it through tweets were kind of the same thing it's either gonna be black widow or somewhere else i just feel like Mm -hmm. it's a foregone conclusion with it being so big and there's what ifs and whatnot but uh yeah so that was a fact everyone was kind of agreeing with us yeah, and yeah, like I said last week, right now, and I went a little had a little discussion with with uh, Tony back and forth a little bit, saying, you know, because he agreed, it'll he thinks it's going to be more than a couple, no more than a couple of flashback scenes, and like I said last week, I, it's hard for me to see anything outside of Black Widow. However, I'm not the writers; it's just it makes it very hard. Mm-hmm. I just don't want it shoot in. I want it to be done well. But I also want that character to have a little bit of a break. I agree with you. And plus, like when you say anything other than Black Widow, that's why when I put the 10 year cap, we don't know what they could announce in the 10 years. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. why the next they could do, oh, here's phase five. And then we see a movie where like, oh, that makes complete sense why he'd be in that. The same thing as I talked about before, if that Ironheart ever gets confirmed, I could see them filming a scene where a young Riri Williams, like Tony Stark came to talk at her school and they had a moment where she was just inspired by him. Right. And that would take a day of our a day of Iron Man. See, that's how much I'm used to him. A day. Uh, Robert Downey coming on set filming some scenes and almost passing the baton on a little bit so we don't know what's down the pike but I think we're all yeah. I think we're almost all of us are like one way or another we will see that man again and hey I'll always take more Robert Downey I don't want him back alive necessarily unless they do I've always said I'd be down for them doing going to some parallel universe and if he's a villain of a universe great but I, I don't need actual Tony Stark back in the in the near future so mm-hmm yeah i agree so yeah Yeah. so good 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 feedback good on that one do we have any listener questions this week before we head into some quick bites of news well we have just some facts or just some statements from last week so one i have somebody here let me just find out their name so i can shout them out uh and this is why you can go as usual the plugs uh we're all over as far as podcatchers so you can go soundcloud or not soundcloud sorry spotify itunes everywhere you want to go we should be there if not just let us know and then we're also on youtube there's no video version as of right now but it's just on there i know some people have youtube read so that's where they listen they get it ad free so that's where as a reminder you can go over there the episodes drop the same day as the episodes on the audio feed but daniel scott who's a subscriber over there said his suggestion for who should direct fantastic four is guillermo del toro which i thought was a very interesting uh pick daniel scott i think that would never happen just because i think del toro (laughs) would want too much creative freedom and i think he would want to take it on a really weird path but in some world where fantastic four was still fox and if they announced hey he's doing a fantastic four that would have been a very interesting film mm-hmm. yeah like, no, he, he, he is a a very he's he's an artor in a, in a sense of like he like you said he wants to have as much creative feeling as possible and i'd say give it to him mm-hmm. but marvel will never do that especially when they're trying to 
get the first family of Marvel back into the universe at that point. That might be a little a bridge too far that they're willing to cross at this point. Yeah, and with Guillermo del Toro, he's great, but I also feel like he has a style that some people don't enjoy, right? He has a very mythic style, sometimes gothic. It kind of reminds me of, he's not the same as it, but some as Tim Byrne, where I know some people just just don't enjoy Tim's Byrne film because they don't really like that theme or vibe he has going on. I do think if we were to ever get one, not that we will, but if we would have at some point, I think Ben Grimm probably would have been the main character because Guillermo loves monsters, and he's always talked about his like obsession with them, his fascination. If you look at so many of his movies, either main characters side characters are monsters because he always talks about that he's trying to humanize them and show these people have been casted out because they're different you know and i think that Mm -hmm. if he were to ever do one ben Grimm would have been a prime main character and it could have been from from his perspective but yeah that's uh that would even if it were to happen in the mcu that would break that would break the internet that'd be one of those announcements (laughs) like really he's doing that because apparently there is rumors he came close to directing a star wars movie there was some rumors of like a cantina Mm -hmm. spinoff but i guess it fell through because kind of same things right he wants to do this and he wants to do that so and then another thing from last week which i want to shout as always you can go review us specifically on apple Podcasts. that helps us climb the charts and also on patreon if you want to get this app episode ad free or others early or sometimes there's patreon exclusives like flashpoint that went up there early I know Chris and Travis are going to do kind of a DC animated look back. We have some fun thing. Hopefully we can plan. I'm not going to announce mm-hmm. it until we record it, but July for Comic-Con, we might have a fun kind of crossover episode, but go over there. There's a bunch of tiers. You'll enjoy them. I and like I said, get stuff ad-free and early, but you can also drop us reviews. And I wanted to shout out somebody, uh, movie lover Dodge six gave us a review. Now here's one thing I always say, we love criticism. So I hope in the future this happens. So this guy gave us me and Chris were about, he gave the whole podcast feed a four out of five. There's no reason why he gave us a four out of five. So I always, not even in a way of like, hey, I want better. If there's always something, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, you say, hey, you could do this better. Hey, do that. We're always open to suggestions. So I just want to shut that out. But he said, great show. I think Fantastic Four could be in Black Panther 2, a reversal of the comics where Black Panther was introduced in Fantastic Four. They could battle Namor or be an end credits of uh, Doom kind of being introduction or Ant-Man 3 to have something to do with the quantum realm. And when I saw that, I was actually thought those were both two good suggestions the black panther one would be fun I, that one i see less but it's a fun i like what he's talking about like kind of the role of versatile comics but i didn't actually think about ant-man and ant-man is that has hmm. a lot of potential i think there's a chance that maybe do you think there's a world where we could meet the fantastic four in a movie pre-powers and then set them up getting powers down the line like we just meet reed sue and almost meet them as humans first and then in a movie switch them because that's how i would take it if we met them in Ant- ant-man 3 would meet the scientists first before we met the fantastic four yeah that, i mean that's definitely possible it's you know they always like dropping hints to the future uh, of you know or either quote-unquote easter eggs or you know the the next movie at that point so yeah i could definitely see that if 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 Pim is, you know, restarting his his business or they're working or, you know, the the Richards are obviously part of the government and they're working mm-hmm. with Pim in a different way. You know, it, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I could def- it, it's definitely foreseeable. And I think because that's the thing that Ant-Man and Marvel, luckily, they've had success all around, critically, financially, and for most fan support. But Ant-Man 3 or Ant-Man and the Ant-Man and the Wasp, I should say, if you look, those are some of the lower box office ones. And lots of people made that case after Ant-Man and the Wasp that it did well, but did it do Marvel well to get a third one? Obviously, they've announced that there's people writing it. Paul Rudd is apparently helping writing it. There's rumors in MODOK, all this stuff. I think if you put Fantastic Four there as almost that Civil War thing, 
something if you were to introduce in there that could also give that film a nice bump because like we talked about last week they're still they're not the biggest names anymore but i think they're still big enough name of, oh they're in ant-man 3 that's interesting to, even just to see how they set it up so i think kind of it could i help almost everybody so that's a good suggestion will happen i don't know i don't know which route they're going with ant-man 3 but uh hey if we got modok and fantastic four that'd be one hell of a movie Oh, that would be a very interesting movie, to say the least. Uh, yeah, but that's all the feedback I had from the Fantastic Four from last week. Cool. Awesome. All right. So we've got some we've got a quick hits of news before we get mm-hmm. into the main topic at that point. Um, we'll start off with a, a couple of really quick ones. Uh, we'll start off with from Comic Book Rundown report says that WandaVision uh, season one episode count revealed uh, looks to be that um murphy's multiverse recently reported part of a stunt person's resume which lists wandavision episode 109 among their credits um and so seems to be at least where looks to be a strong possibility we're getting at least nine episodes if the stunt person's resume is correct yeah i'm for this i'm very curious that's why i hope before uh 2020 ends that we get one mcu kind of disney plus show because we saw mandalorian we saw that works i think there's some pros and cons to how that works i think some episodes were great and sometimes they felt like filler and that's my only worry is me hearing nine in most months you're gonna have okay four weeks in a month so you have four four and then you have that one week where it's like they could get you for if anybody which i feel honestly most people subscribe already will be watching but let's say someone's just describing for a wandavision that ninth episode would make you subscribe for a third month. And that's my hope is that it just was a happy coincidence that happened that way. I guess I have a tinfoil hat on, but it's not the week. This could be eight, but let's split it and put it into two. And that's because to me, some Mandalorian episodes felt like that, where it felt like this could have been one, but to get a little extra, they split it. And to me, sometimes it might hurt it. So I hope that it was a story purpose and not a subscription purpose. If it is, I get it. It's a business. It's all about money. So I'm not going to, you know, swear the sky i understand why they're doing it but i i hope it's story driven and not business driven so i i guess we'll have to wait and see once we get these episodes yeah i mean it's it's one of the ones i'm definitely looking i mean i'm looking forward to all that they're getting ready to put out but this is probably the most intriguing just because of who's in it and what it's dealing with Mm mm-hmm I agree. I agree. It's up there. I think I like I take Moon Knight of the equation because I'm biased because I love Moon Knight. So the (laughs) ones other than him, this honestly is probably two or three because Falcon Winter Soldier, the way they left Sam, I'm very interested. But I think I'm more interested in WandaVision because one, we got those nice Evan Peter rumors around. Go back a few episodes. We covered that. But two, I just love Scarlet Witch. And I actually think Elizabeth Olsen for what she's got in the screen time. She's just knocked out of the park every time. Some actors can't do that when it's like, oh, you only got 20 minutes in this movie. I think every time she's brought it. So to get six to nine episodes of her and of course Vision, but her being flushed out possibly Mm -hmm. as a main character. And hopefully I made that fact or fiction weeks ago of like, would she die? And I said fact, she would die in phase four. I don't want that to happen. I want her to be mainstay. I want her to be around for another five, 10 years because I think that character has lots of potential. I think her as an actress is a very underrated actress. People don't really talk about her when they you see best of lists and stuff. So that's what I'm excited for. Just kind of flush her out. Yeah, I mean it's it's just going to be interesting to see when they finally wrap up filming at that point. You know, I, I Clark Gregg apparently also made some statements that with the uh, Loki show that may end up 
airing 10 to 12 episodes mm-hmm. at that point so so you know it's always good that you know it's a vote of confidence at that point um to see that they're they want some more of these characters fleshed out and kind of moving on from there uh, our next story is a real quick one also uh dr strange two news uh edge of four i wish i could pronounce his first name chuatel edge of four chuatel edge of four edge of four i can always pronounce the last name yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but outstanding actor i love pretty much everything he's in i thought you know he brought it was he was great casting for more for baron mordo and i want i can't wait to see more of him and that's what it sounds like we're getting is he will be uh he has confirmed that he will be in doctor strange 2 he is talking to looks like who was he talking to um a person with a microphone that had a website. A person with a microphone, yeah, exactly. A screen rant. Screen rant had a there chance to uh, <laughs> definitely much bigger microphones than we have at Screen Rant yeah. at that point. But he was talking with Screen Rant about promoting his role for Netflix's The Old Guard, saying, we're hoping to start pretty soon is what I can tell you. So you know as soon as possible, we're really excited to get going and get cracking with it. I can't wait. Um, again, he, the way they left his character at the end of it, you know, we knew he was hopefully going to come back. I just think with the back and forth of what Doctor Strange 2 has been and becoming, I think a lot of us were kind of unsure about where does he fit into this or is he going to be in the background a lot more? Yeah, so of course, hey, I'll give a shout to Greg just because he loves this movie and he talks about it all the time. But it is a similar trajectory to Green Lantern where my problem with Sinestro in that movie, I have a lot of problems with that movie. I, I know we're in this revisionist history where apparently Green Lantern is a fun movie. No, no, that still hurts my eyes. And one of my problems with Sinestro, I hated this turn of, you know, has some minor quibbles, but then near the end, he's just a full-on villain. I think it was done a little bit better in Doctor Strange, but I think his story... Got, suffered a little bit. I think he took the back burner or the side burner a little too much, and it did feel a little bit at the end of a little unwarranted that end credit scene of him just becoming almost fully evil, of taking this guy's powers, making him not be able to walk again. So I do want more fleshing out, but I also think that there's a chance that he may be a villain in this movie kind of pulling the strings. And then in the third movie, he is the big bad. It's him the whole time. I could be wrong, but it's just a suspicion. I get that because we've heard rumors of, well, not Scarlet, which is confirmed, but we've heard rumors of nightmare and some other characters. So it just feels like Mm -hmm. it's filling up really quickly. So I think he will more be like a, uh, a Saruman to a Sauron in a way where Saruman was around. He's doing lots of things, but he doesn't get a big send off in Lord of the Rings. But I think that, that would be different in this where he's pulling the strings and then maybe at that end of the movie uh dr strange finds that oh it was Mordo, and that kind of sets up the third one that that's my opinion i could be wrong obviously this film's gone through lots of changes so those rumors could be outdated as well but uh i always i i want his character uh around more so to me it can kind of uh kind of get have a better showing than dr strange which i like him in i don't know no problem with performance for me at least yeah he just he's just you know, some of the a lot of actors, he's just one of those that he gets on screen. He just brings some gravitas, either his speaking, his carrying. Uh, I, I just enjoy seeing him. But being Baron, I, I agree with you. Baron Mordo could have been a little bit more fleshed out. But with all origin stories, you know, things are things are going to get left behind or not as fleshed out. But he is one of Doctor Strange's big bads. So I, yeah. I would love to see him really get to stretch his villain muscles now that we know he's turned villain. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Chris and I hope you're enjoying another edition of the Marvel Alliance podcast. We're about to throw some ads right now. These ads help build the channel. They help support every single show here on the feed. The thing is, who we're partnered with, we don't get to select the ads, and we don't get to select the volume of the ads, unfortunately. So we're giving you this warning to adjust your headsets, turn down that volume, so you can listen to all these ads and support the Geek Ultimate Alliance. I'm going to give you a countdown, you're going to hear some ads, and then you're going to go right back into the episode. Three, two, one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And our last one today uh, is looking at Anthony Mackie. Um, also coming from a comic book comic book report, looking uh, excuse me CBR, and uh, Anthony Mackie calls out Marvel for racial inequity behind the camera. Uh, he spoke with a Variety. They're doing a series called Actors on Actors. Um, recent one that I thought was really cool, uh, as it says, Actors on Actors. And a recent one I saw was uh, Patrick Stewart talking with Henry Cavill, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had made the statement saying it really bothered me that have done seven Marvel movies where every producer, director, stunt person, costume designer, every PA, every single person has been white. Um, You know, we've only, he pointed out saying that we've only had one black producer and his name was Nate Moore. He produced Black Panther. And then when you do Black Panther, you have a black director, producer, you have black costume designers, you know, stunt coordinators, choreographers. And I'm like, that's more racist than anything else because if you can only hire black people to do a black movie, are you saying they're not good enough when you have a mostly white cat, when you have a mostly white cast? Um, Personally, he brings out a very excellent point. And this is something that Marvel also has had to deal with, um, whether it comes to race, gender, um, we know a lot of behind the scenes at work of just preventing, you know, certain characters from getting on screen at that point. Yeah. Those people are no longer involved. You know, good for him. I applaud him on what he's doing. He brings out a good point. This is a bigger problem, not just with Marvel. This is a Hollywood problem. And it's been going on for many, many years. And me as a white man, I don't, you know, I'm not one to speak on this, nor am I in Hollywood necessarily, but like I've heard, you know, we, you and I have a platform and, and I voice my support to to this because he, he this needs to change. You know, he, he he's right. This is this is this is a more systemic and more subtle problem that it, it's people can't just hide behind it. We need to make an active effort to fix this. 
Well, no, I agree. And when you say that it's a Hollywood problem, it is, but it's still, unfortunately, you look at the times now, it's almost just a world life problem. Oh, yeah. You know, it's in so many businesses. And in, as... this, in, in this in this particular thing, it's it's oh, yeah. not just a Marvel, it's a Hollywood, but you're right, exactly. It It is a worldwide problem. Yeah, and it's just... It is crazy, and if you guys if you guys know me from Geek First, Kyle he co-hosted with us for about two years. He lives in Australia now. He's living his best life. He's having a good time out there. He's a black man. He's been my best friend for about eight years now. And uh, when you talk to somebody that is not white, that is not straight, you get a very different experience. And because there's things that he's had to experience or go through that I will never ever have to deal with, especially being both those as far as straight and white. Because and that's a thing that some people might bring up and be like, oh, nothing's bad about it. Nothing is bad about it, but it's good to shine a light and say, hey, we need to talk to people. We need to understand their problems. That's why I was kind of, kind of a little bothered by there were so many people showing like, well, look, his stunt man is also black. That doesn't mean there's still not a problem. Just yeah. because there's a few other people like him, that doesn't mean all around the majority is still one certain color, one certain type of sexual orientation. And we keep having this conversation, which is very unfortunate. I think that's where I taught, brought the old businesses thing. As far as diversity and stuff, that's a conversation that's been going on for a while. I mentioned a few weeks ago, I'm a big professional wrestling fan. And in wrestling, they used to have this term, and it was very bad, but they used to have this term or the saying, only one. And that meant that they had wrestling territories, but every promoter made sure they only had one black wrestler. Not because of talent, anything like that, just because, oh, well, we need one. But that was it. And that's where I get where Matt, the, I saw some pushback on him saying about the Black Panther stuff. And that's where I understand where he's coming from as well. Because I love in a world where right now people sometimes say, oh, you're forcing diversity. I sometimes think you kind of have to because there's many years before. Now when you put out cast and call and if they say we're looking for someone specifically black. And I've heard this argument like, well, why do they need to be black? Because maybe it wasn't public, but for decades and decades there were casting calls where people may say under the table saying hey we want a white person for this we don't want a gay person we don't want a black person we don't want a mexican person this person needs to be white so that's why it's kind of that balancing act as far as yeah there has to be more forced diversity because there was forced undiversity for decades decades of people just pushing people back just because their color of their skin or sexual orientation not because their talent and I think, obviously, I'm with everyone else. It needs to change. But I do want a world where I think right now it does have to be Captain Marvel 2 is looking for a director. It's very likely she will be a female. And some people might go, like, I want the best person for the job. That's true. But the unfortunate thing is we're not at that state yet. We're hopefully getting there, but we're still not in that state. I want a day for in the future where a female director has a take on Wolverine and she can do it. I want to mm -hmm. take where a male has a take on Captain Marvel. Like the Russo's brothers say, we have a great idea for Carol. We want to do the story. But I, right now I think it would be, well, you guys are two guys and we don't want to do that. We want to show some diversity. I hope in the future it is that what everyone says, I want the best person for the job, but yeah. we're, we're still not at that place yet. We're still not. We've seen so many times where we move two steps forward, but then five steps back. So I, it, I support what he's saying. And I, I agree that kind of every, where it needs to make a change and, and he go he goes go, goes on and kind of echoes your point he says my big push with marvel is to hire the best person for the job he said if even if it means we're going to get the best two women we're going to get the best two men fine i'm cool with those numbers for the next 10 years because if it starts to build a new generation of people who can put something on the resume to get their other jobs again we have to start and guess what this was a huge metaphorical this is a huge just hole we have everyone is you know responsible for in one some way shape or form and you know we have to be cognizant of that and start fixing it one step at a time and and 
you know, he, I, I, again, I applaud him. I applaud, you know, Ray Fisher and his comments recently, you know, just this whole thing is mm-hmm. people, guess what? This has been going on for a lo- much longer than you and I have been in existence. And you know what, if it's, if we, I, I want to see change, I want to be a part of that change. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. There is many years where you couldn't speak out, and even still speaking out is dangerous. We had John Boyega a few weeks ago during the Black Lives Matter. He was in those kind of you know protests and whatnot, and he was honestly said, hey, this could put my career in jeopardy. And I think there was a time where it does. Even myself, to be honest, when Ray Fisher tweeted out that initial tweet, my instinct is go, oh, like that, you know, that could you could get in hot water, and then I have to think about like no like he should be talking he should be it is still and that's why i I agreed that and i'm sure they'll cover this on dc tomorrow like i agreed with him providing more context after because i always like more context Mm -hmm. and i think that's what mackie did here as well he provided context because yeah of course there's other black people working at marvel but he's talking about he doesn't want to feel like a forced issue and i get i get that point and i i like i said my statements earlier i understand why it is a forced issue but i hope it is in the future where it's just we're just hiring the best people and uh and obviously that's a big thing we have that coming with the turtles we have that coming with miss marvel there may be some people that feel like it's forced diversity they might not like it at the end of the day i feel like you're probably going to watch it but the best thing is if it if for some reason it's really bugging in you and i which i don't know why i think you need to kind of look in the mirror but if it is you don't have to watch it i don't need to hear you complaining about on twitter if you feel someone's forcing diversity down your throat it's kind of like the old expression just change the channel but i think you should look at yourself and kind of be a part of that movement and go well why are we forcing diversity why do we want diversity it's because for so many years we didn't have it you know there's so many years that i have so many movies where i see myself i remember black panther when i saw it the first time it, where i live in Kelowna in uh, canada it is not white is the majority here when i went to see black panther the majority of the theater was black people and i was caught off guard i remember to the first time as a kid uh like kind of in my going to my teens when I used to go to WrestleMania all the time, I've been to 12 of them. Me and my dad would do these trips, and I went to Atlanta. And that was the first time ever where the population there has a big black population. And I was talking with these girls and whatnot, and we were talking about that. And we ended up joking around. We took a picture, and there's my dad has a picture of me and these 20 girls, and they're all black. They're having this trip or whatnot. And that was the thing where it was the first time in my life I looked around like, wow, I'm not the majority here. And it felt off. And then I thought about it, and I think that's where it put in perspective me. People that are not white feel like that all the time, almost every day of their life, whether it's in business, whether it's their life. And that's where I think you just, if you're questioning diversity, just think about why, why is it such a hassle? And why can't you be a part of the change or helping? Like just, just think about it. And you, you don't know until you walk around to someone else's shoes and I can never do that. But I, I try my best, whether it's through my friends or being online or reading books, I try my best to, okay, how can I help? And I, I try, you know, we we're not all perfect. We can't make change in one day, but you gotta you gotta do everything you can kind of one day at a time mm-hmm. yeah so so late to see at that point hopefully i i think i'd like to think positive that we are in the midst of changes being changes occurring and i think he did it very respectfully you know and the the title they're calling out it, it is what it is at that point but i i mm-hmm. think he did it very respectfully and, and didn't throw really anyone under the bus he it's it's his truth it's what he has experienced and what he has seen so you can't really doubt doubt that at that point so no, yeah exactly but but we'll see we'll see what comes about but that's all the news we got so now we've come to the uh the granddaddy of our of our big topic today uh as you said as we opened the show you know, this is one that was on our list of kind of topics we want to look at. So we're going to spend pretty much majority of the time uh, looking at 
bringing the X-Men into the MCU proper. So a lot of, you know, a lot of different ideas. We have kind of like kind of created some kind of guiding questions at that point. You know, we put out the shout out on, on Twitter for you all to kind of give us your fan theories of different topics. So, you know, I'm excited. Yeah, I wanted to just start with kind of where we started last week. We've talked about it a little bit, but what was your experience with X-Men? I think if people have listened so far, they kind of know we both love X-Men. X-Men's my favorite Marvel property. But how did that case, how did that get to you to be X-Men being your favorite? And uh, like I said, just kind of your first experiences with X-Men. It's kind of a kind of a combo with the comic and the animated show. Yeah. Um, just something about what the X-Men represented in the sense of, you know, when, when Stanley created it and, and brought, brought them forward, you know, in the the civil rights movement, you know, there was a metaphor for civil rights movement. Well, the X-Men are so many different metaphors of just being different. You know, it's, it's in general, how, how you feel, when do you feel like the outsider? What do you do? And, and looking at, you know, the power within you at that point, you know, them, physical mutant powers but the power within you to overcome that that and fight and fight against those who want to put you down i mean i just love the message x-men has always represented um and it's been been my one of my all-time favorite uh, marvel characters uh, the x-men teams yeah, I'm the. I think we talked about this on our debut episode, but I was the same way. Where the X Men animated series, and then my cousins have comics. But like I said, there's this big kind of like encyclopedia X Men comic. I had two of them. I had that one and Batman, and that's probably <laughs> some of the reason why Batman's my favorite DC character, and X Men my favorite Marvel because I just spent ages of reading about different characters, their origins, where they're from. Like I love those com- those books where you like have the stats and stuff like that, and like how long they've been living. Like when you know a character's birthday, then that that's when you're starting to get really invested in them. And I think the same reason as you and we were just talking about with anthony mackie where the x-men can represent so much to so different people because i think even from the little bit of if you've been bullied in school for something to the harsh reality of what we just talked about with anthony mackie and people profiling you because of race there is something with the x-men like i said if you're a little kid and you've been picked on you've been bullied for if you wore glasses if your hair looked a certain way that's the x-men but that's the x-men and their life that's them every day and they're all for different reasons they're 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 an outcast to the nth degree and these are people that are trying to change and make a difference in the world and help the world but they're still and as we talk about check out our combo club even in the worst of times when they're helping out they're still looked upon as sometimes trash and it's it's crazy to think about but i think it's just always a good allegory for many things that's happening in life and i think there for me that's always been the most interesting and that's why for me certain comic books that's why i'm a big fan of the black panther movie once they introduced race in there and talking about that as a major theme i was like this is more than just team a needs to fight team evil for a big bomb you know because i love that i love a classic just a good beat-em-up but for me i always love something a bit deeper and with x-men for the majority i think that's when x-men's at its best is when it is dealing with those deeper issues and i think obviously just down to the core starting with xavier and magneto you have that off the jump you have two characters that you could look at and see both sides of point of view but one is clearly in the wrong because they've gone to the steps of now we need to start taking lives we need to almost do terrorist acts but again you still almost like killmonger and black panther you understand why and lots of x-men films did that very well so i think there is just so many angles with the x-men it was never cut and dry it was never black and white it was it was shades and shades of gray with along that just 
interesting characters, great artists, great writers. You know, there's there's a plethora of great X Men tales. So yeah, that that's kind of my origins as well. Animated series, comics, and they're they're still my team. They're they're mm-hmm. they're they're they are the standard for me as far as Marvel. That's I always think about this. I joke about this, but I think about this almost every day when Marvel comes up, like how are they going to do the X Men, you know? And that's why I'm excited to talk about because we've like talked a little bit about it so far, but I'm excited. So where did you want to start with X Men coming yeah, in the start- MCU? Yeah, let's just talk about like our ideas of how they can bring it into the MCU. So what is? We'll start with you. Well, I'll have you go first on this one. Um, you know, what's your kind of Cliff Notes version of how to bring them in? So this. This is tough because there is so many ways people have brought up parallel universes. People have mm-hmm. bought up the whole, oh, they've been around the whole time, which you could almost do, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit today and more in the future is House of X is almost like this cult kind of hidden away sort of idea. I'm on the impression that I think the best route to go is it happened after Endgame. And not even because some people said, oh, the snap, whatever it may be, mutants are starting to pop up now. Brent uh, brought this up from Marvel Squadcast. I'm the same thing as like Eternals is a good place that that's one of the origins of X-Men. And that could be a possibility. That's one of our Twitter questions is somewhere in phase four. I think it was from Tony. Could we see a mention of X-Men at all or mutants? And even just the word mutants has a good possibility of popping up in Eternals. I think the best thing is to do whatever. So what they jumped five years ahead right so technically what they're like 2023 or something in their timeline whatever it is whatever present day mcu is they debut there and they start forming there i have one person that i think could have been around for generations i think maybe two and i'll hold on that when we get to those two but i think majority xavier magneto sure you maybe lose some they've had their powers this whole life but it's it's tough then like even when i say that i contradict myself because it is just like well yeah because then xavier and magneto like is it they kind of have to be younger but maybe it is just something happened and even it's like i said it's a different type of take but even a 30 40 year old xavier is just getting these powers now and he hasn't had them his whole life and that's something that i think that's what i will start this conversation with which i have to tell myself all the time i do think it will be a lot like spider-man mcu where it will be a lot different than classic x-men tales and there's part of me that really is disappointed because i've wanted to see those classic x-men tales done right like a dark phoenix apocalypse like certain characters but for the fa- sake of being different and the sake of fitting in the mcu i think it will they're gonna have to do some changes to the source material and i have that a couple places but that's that's my bare bones thoughts is they get introduced now maybe some of them haven't had since they are kids i think that's why you make lots of the mutants younger teenagers but uh yeah where what are you thinking yeah i mean kind of along those lines of you know i've always thought you know the snap can you know, ignite something at that point. I've, I I love the way they did it in ul- the ultimate line with the, its government experiment at that point, which yeah. I could definitely see as our, you know, we've seen the, what the government in the MCU does. And it's typical of any government at that point, a response to, you know, uh, the Avengers and, and those with powers at that point, you know, and so maybe, you know, something with Wanda and WandaVision ignites it at, at that point, too. I think some sort of combo with the snap, the government and maybe Wanda, at the very least, this combo of the snap and the government experiment, mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see, you know, when we come down to Xavier and Magneto. You know, these are characters that, like you said, you know, you we we love their origin stories. We love it from the comics. However, it's going to be very difficult to have a Holocaust survivor, you know, in, in this society at that point. It's just they, they've almost aged out of that storyline. So they almost have to create a, you know, still have Charles, still have, 
you know, Magneto, but they kind of have to, I mean, if we want to ha- hold on to the, the genocide storyline uh, uh, of him there, unfortunately, there are plenty to choose from and, and yeah. we can change what that is at that point. And Saint Xavier, like you said, I think that's a great idea that, you know, something happens where his powers lay dormant and then, you know, has it at that point, you know, he really started, you know, his whole delving into his mutant idea. I mean, he was a mutant since birth. However, his whole, you know, in college at that point, writing papers, looking at the whole idea of mutants. So you, those two characters in general have to change to be a little more updated for, for what it is, just because it, it will look ridiculous if you kind of hold on to that. <laughs> I agree with you. And it's almost something they could lift from the Deadpool movie is how do they get Deadpool's power? They say, oh, well, everyone has a mutant gene. It just might be a little harder to get out of you, you know? And that could be the way that this Mm -hmm. is dormant in these characters, but these characters that become stronger have that. So has there been any, for you, entertaining possibility of the, oh, there's been a parallel universe of X-Men or them being around the whole time? Because the parallel universe, I think, creates problems. And for me, I'm with a lot of people. I don't like that they've been around the whole time because I know they're mutants. I know there could be problems, but we haven't seen the world deject them. So the fact that Endgame happened and they didn't appear at all, I would always question of like, I don't know. And this is where I, this is an off topic thing, but I'd love to get your <laughs> thoughts on this. Is that's my almost theory of two why I'm on the side of Cap didn't time travel back in time. He went to a parallel universe because I don't I don't think my Captain America would let like JFK get assassinated, Martin Luther King get assassinated. I don't think he would let 9-11 happen. I think he's living in a parallel universe somewhere where his universe is like a fucking utopia, and then he comes back to our universe, and it's like, oh, like it's still my, it's still where I'm from, but it's it's home, but my place is a lot better. So that's my whole thing. Like I don't see the X-Men just sitting around while the world could possibly be ended by this tyrant, but that that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I can take both sides at that point. I can see where... You know, they're I I don't like that they've been around for a very 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 long time. I mm-hmm. can see them very recently. Their powers are starting to come forth, but they don't know how to deal with it. And you don't have a leader to represent you or find okay. some, fr- you know, as Xavier and uh, Magneto will represent at that point. But I don't want to get in the whole time trial debate. That's de- <laughs> that's a rabbit hole. We can go down for another day. That's, that's but I, I'm at least on your side on the sense of the it it, if if they've been around for a while it can't be like for the last 50 years it just it makes it very hard like you said to kind of say well where have you been because the no leader thing can only go so long at that point now could i see them you know eric and and uh, magneto and and charles and maybe a few others possibly being behind the scenes and kind of being in key positions at that point trying to figure out what the government does know or to kind of gather their resources so that they can, you know, gather their own mutant teams. I could, I could see that at that point being very quiet about it, but there's going to be a lot of headcanon if they do go down that route, which again, guess what guys and ladies, it's comics, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to accept that fact. Yeah, it is. And that's where, that's where it's tough, right? Because it's almost like the prequel thing I've talked about times where if you do that, then there is a lot of holes where you could be like, well, if that happened there, why didn't that happen? Or, you know, oh, this already happened. So I, I am in the camp, like I said, I hope it is just starting out. I want to ask you, is there any specific runs or comics you think that they're going to maybe use as inspiration? We've kind of seen with like Ultimate Spider-Man being a 
kind of what Tom Holland's Spider-Man is. We've seen Shades of Ultimate already with the Avengers. Do you think we could get that as well with this, or do you see something else being a good source for them? Uh, I think one of the one of the ones, and, I, and I'm a huge fan of it, is uh, kind of Grant Morrison's beginning arc of um, a new X-Men. You know, it's called East. E is for extinction. Mm. You know, you get a a new generation of mutants beginning and maturing across the globe. You know, th- there's a lot of stuff that's already been established, so they're going to have to make it a, a change. You know, some changes, but you know, Master Mold in Sentinel program is is now being uncovered by a woman named Cassandra Nova. You know, be- you know, uses the last surviving Oblivion Trash to bring it up, and we get a kind of a very core group of our mutants at that point you know, trying to, you know, not only put this down, but finding finding out what Cassandra's true motives are. And it brings, you know, the idea of the nation of Genosha into this. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that has not been, but it, it kind of gives a template for what we could bring in as our kind of first story arc. It will be have to be very loosely based on it just because, again, there is a lot of stuff that's already been in play with this universe, in the in the comics at that point but i think it's a good jumping off point yeah yeah i could agree with that it's it's tough because there's so many places to pull i know people want this but i would say the animated 90s x-men is not a place they're gonna pull from i think maybe certain designs and costumes whatnot and that vibe they definitely should as far as they really adapt those stories well but for me it's tough i feel like we're gonna get a mixture of a lot of stuff i feel like we get a little 90s we could get a little maybe even house of m which i'm sure we'll talk about get a little house of x get a little ultimate x-men i feel like they're gonna take a little bit from everything and kind of create this you know pardon the pun like ultimate x-men where it's just kind of a little bit for everyone so i think i think that's the route they're gonna go i don't think there'll be one like this is the one like i said i feel like tom holland spider-man is a lot of the ultimate universe i don't think we'll be able to specifically point that i think oh they, they pulled this from this they pulled this from that so that's that's kind of my thinking as of right now as they go deeper they might go hey we're adapting this full-on storyline arc or run but i think for the first one or two it's going to be about really i think establishing and rehabbing uh, some of these characters that were maybe not used so well in the Fox universe. If your name wasn't James Howlett Logan, uh, they sometimes didn't care about you. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. We'll we'll kind of talk about that. I don't want to reveal some of my other stuff at that point, but yeah, I mean, you could go a a different kind of you know Claremont's opening run with Deadly Genesis, but again, it's we there's got to be a ground floor for this so i think they may take a couple of story arcs from a little bit pieces here or there yeah but i think it's the next movies will get some of these big stories that we would want to see and bring in at that point so the first movie again you know pick a little bit from here pick a little bit from column a column b column c and then we'll get our bigger storylines because now you finally established them in the universe now you can start really playing with a lot of these cool story arcs yeah, I agree. I think we're both on that kind of front as far as them coming. And I think also as far as when they come, you I didn't hear you as far as internals. Do you have an idea of like, obviously, there's going to be a phase five and we've kind of only known that, okay, Black Panther, Captain Marvel are maybe the kickoff of that, their sequels. But do you have any idea where they may start trickling in or do you think we're just those are still movies so far down the line that they're not even in that trickle in point? Um, I could see them start making some hints in phase five but i'd still stick by my thing at the earliest we'll see them as phase six wow still two more phase okay fair enough 
I yeah, I I I think if anything, yeah, we might get some hints in phase five, but um I think you could but, end phase four with a solid hint. Phase four, because that would yes, yeah. yeah, that would get everyone's juices flowing of like the last movie, whatever the big huge movie or a huge crossover is, this is an end credit of something, anything showing like a mutant or mention of mutant. Again, I agree with Brent that you could get something in internals, but I don't think that will be the big like, oh, they're coming. I think that will be the like, oh, the my like they used the word. Like, remember Winter Soldier when they said Stephen Strange? Every comic book fan leaned over, like, that's Stephen Strange. And my mom was like, what the fuck are you talking about like i'll tell you after the movie but like that's what i think you could get when the word mutants is like just a mention that everyone else would miss where the end of phase four i I think you'd get that obvious like oh this something is happening and even the mainstream people would go like oh does that mean x-men and hopefully it would mean (laughs) x-men yeah i i I would love it to be in phase five i just think i since we haven't even started phase four yet, it's hard for me to kind of see exactly where they could do it. So yeah, sure. Phase five, phase six. I just, we, sh- <laughs> we, we, we need a little bit more seeing how this fourth phase is going to go before I can really feel confident. Cause I'm just throwing darts at a dartboard at this point. That's why yeah. I kind of push mine off till, till six at that point, till we get really knee deep into X-Men at that point. But, um, but yeah, Hey, I'm not going to turn it down if it's early. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Chris and I hope you're enjoying another edition of the Marvel Alliance podcast. We're about to throw some ads right now. These ads help build the channel. They help support every single show here on the feed. The thing is who we're partnered with, we don't get to select the ads and we don't get to select the volume of the ads, unfortunately. So we're giving you this warning to adjust your headsets, turn down that volume so you can listen to all these ads and support the Geek Ultimate Alliance. I'm going to give you a countdown. You're going to hear some ads and then you're going to go right back into the episode. Three, two, one. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, so where do you want to go to next? Uh, let's look at kind of a, a, a big favorite is who do we want on our first team? Um, so uh, since I let you, I, I had you become uh, go first, I'll, I'll start on this one. Perfect. This is always, this is always fun, you know, and, and I kind of went back and forth a number of times. Um, one character I'm not doing in this, in my first team, because I like the character as we come into the, as we bring in X-Men more and more down the line, there is no Wolverine on my team. Wolverine is one of my favorite characters on the X-Men, but I think him being on there at the start, being how popular Hugh Jackman and brought so much to that role, I think not having him there allows some of the other characters and a lot of complaints that people say that other characters kind of get outshined by him in so many ways. That's fine. It, it, it is this way it is. But my my team, I mean, I have my Professor X, but he doesn't count towards mine at that point. You got to have our leader, Professor yeah. X. But our, our main team is going to be Cyclops, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, Storm, Jubilee, Warpath, and Darwin. 
Ooh, Darwin, that there's a pick there. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> what a death he got in first class, eh? What a, I like the death, but man, it was a uh, poor, poor, poor guy. Only gets a few scenes. You think you're an excellent movie? Nope, they take <laughs> it away from you. I like that. That that, that that's a good lineup. There's uh, I, I won't remember mine, but we're we're close. We're close. Yeah, my my thoughts behind it is that you know I wanted to you know, having your Cyclops and Jean Grey. That's those are my necessities at that point, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I believe I really want to see whoever portrays Cyclops to get to kind of bring him out to be the leader that he he's meant to be always a little bit of chip on his shoulder. But that's why I don't want Wolverine right now. I want Cyclops to really shine in this in this movie with Gene. But with the other characters, you know, Nightcar coming from overseas, same with Storm, Jubilee you know, being a, a, of Asian descent, Warpath, he's the brother of Thunderbird. I didn't do Thunderbird because I've I've grown to really, I know Thunderbird died, spoiler alert, in the comics at that point <laughs> really early on. But Warpath has been around and I've enjoyed really reading his character and what his power set is. And then that's why another reason why I didn't want Wolverine. I have a kind of a... a, a brute strength power guy on yeah, this bad team. boy kind and, of too yeah at that point and darwin man i mean you you're right in first class didn't do but i what i really loved was the this arc uh deadly genesis um that was brought in um with um brubaker and how much that character got brought back into the forefront and how i just love his power set and how cool that character is at mm-hmm. that point so um but yeah that's that's kind of my team i wanted a, an eclectic group but a group that could be in theory okay i could see this you know i didn't i didn't have a beast didn't have an ice man didn't have an angel i didn't want to just do the first group again i wanted to be just a little bit different so i took a little bit of our first group with a little bit from our you know our next group coming in okay so yeah this is we we have a similar team again with marvel we're, we're pretty on packed on some things so i have scott and gene of course they're kind of we've talked about them before either it's a two-hander either scott's our main character gene's our main character either one i think works Mm -hmm. i think scott is kind of that next captain america like character he could be that leader he could be the heart of a team he could be who does everyone turn to when they don't know what to do it's scott summer so i think he needs that treatment i'm which i think i'm gonna after we're done these teams i think we should have a conversation about wolverine because he's kind of like the elf in the room and i want to talk about like (laughs) when and where he could come up but wolverine is my favorite but scott is somebody that always kind of gets like the shit end of the stick lately in these past kind of few decades because it has just been kind of the wolverine show so i think the same way some people go could you really do a captain america could you have those morals and that smiling guy and everything like that the mc may work and i trust them and that's one of the things where i want to sometimes i think i sound negative as far as them being too different that's thing where i know there's gonna be some difference and some changes that i maybe don't like with this x-men mcu but the reason i am excited is because i think things like that the things that fox really got wrong and really got wrong mcu will take care and kind of nurture it whether it is just the actual just continuity just <laughs> to start off with just the point a and point b makes sense but characters like scott summers who is a vital part of x-men who was just i don't know just a plot device almost sometimes in those x-men movies he was just there to be gene's boyfriend and that's what it felt like which is a kind of a, a big disgrace to that character who was yeah. an, an original leader of that character but wolverine because he's badass and he has claws and he sells a lot of shirts well let's give it to him so scott and gene those are my two 
Storm. I know Storm's been done a lot, but I think she's just a classic character lots of people know. And I also think there's a high chance that uh, Black Panther 2, they're going to pull a Dark Knight and he's going to lose his love interest. And I I know it might be a little cliche of like, do we set them up that quickly? But I think if you're setting up crossovers and whatnot, him or her and T'Challa possibly becoming a couple, getting married, I think that is a storyline we legitimately could see down the line. I think that sets up great potential as far as crossover. So I think Nakia has uh, Rachel Dawes potential as far as she might be in a building one time and it might not go her way so I got kind of those three going on this may be a controversial one but we'll see and I'll I'll throw it out to you maybe we'll talk about villains I have Magneto on the team I think Patrick okay. Stewart fuck Patrick Stewart <laughs> it's like the Robert Downey thing I think yeah. Xavier will be kind of the same thing the leader as far as giving them directions but I think Magneto could actually be on this team and they would start with the descent I think there's a good chance that Magneto could be benched for a while and not be in these movies at all but I think if he is to start he would be with the team and we could see that growing apart and then him leaving not him being the first film which is a little spoiler for one of my answers later on but I see him being there and then we talk about diversity and whatnot I do think this Magneto will be black I think people put that forward I think even Xavier could be too you could be doing Literally, it's been on record that Xavier and Magneto are allegories for Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. That's been talked about widely known. So it's almost a full circle moment of that happens. Like we talked about the Holocaust thing doesn't really work. I don't like the two suggestions of he was in the Holocaust and then time travel or he can age slowly now, which is like. Okay, this feels, <laughs> that's a little strange. Like now we're just trying to make things up with like you said, unfortunately there's tons of situations where you could change it. I do think Magneto will be a black character. I think I think he will. My idea is him yeah. and Xavier are in their mid to late forties and the rest of these people are in their mid to late twenties, maybe even early thirties. <laughs> and then the rest of these people that I'm about to list off right here, Warpath, I have the same thing as you. Bobby Drake and Jubilee. Same thing of adding great characters, but also some diversity, but also characters that Bobby Drake was in the first three X-Men, but he was not a mainstay. I think I there's a couple characters which we'll talk about that I think Marvel will avoid, like a Nightcrawler, which I know he have. I feel like they might avoid because they might want to he was in four X-Men. They might want to go, we want to take our own version where Bobby Drake was not Iceman that much in those movies. Mm-hmm. I think with CGI and their budget, he could like the comics just be Iceman the entire time. So that's where I think they could look at Bobby Drake and go, he's a character that is homosexual now. He is not, uh, we have the budget to make him different. We could take that character and really change him up. Jubilee, she was in a few X-Men for a cup of coffee. So same thing. And same thing as Warpath. Both of them have diversity, but also characters that they could take and mold and you're not going to think of an actor or a storyline right away and jump to it so that was my team of scott jeans storm magneto warpath bobby drake and jubilee and like i said magneto maybe that's the reason i usually have the idea of six but the reason there's seven is because magneto's there but he has the asterisk of a ticking time bomb like you know he's gonna leave either at the end of this movie or at any movie it is similar to first class but i would not have him leave in the first movie that was always my complaint in first class that i think they could have Got a few more movies as far as building that tension. I think Magneto, you could even wait to the sequel or even the third one for him to be like, you know what, I'm done with this and I'm going to go somewhere else. And we've nefed, we've met enough mutants for me to create my own brotherhood. So that's my team. I like the I like your ideas of I mean that is a a nice little turn putting Magneto on the team. I mean now you know in, in our 
in our Hickman run, you know, he is, you know, all mutants are pretty much united at that point. So there is precedent. We had first class where he was kind of on the team per se until he, you know, wanted to go down the path of no return at that point. I think you can, you can do that, but I think, yeah, I, I really do like those, which you, you've assembled your team. It makes a lot of sense for what you, which you kind of wanted at that point. I've, we, I've, we forgot real quick to um, give our, some of our little listener feedback from the first question of how to bring them up at that point. I know we, a couple of ones uh, we mentioned uh, walk Gator and Brent um, with, there was one. Okay. Yeah. T- Tony had another one. He's saying after Dr. Strange two, Wanda will utter something that will make the existence of mutants a thing. She will also learn about them from WandaVision. I know, um, our friend Greg has is also a promoter of yeah. that that idea as well. Um, yeah, I, some of our go ahead. I think I'm just like you as far as I just feel that's a tad early for this that event. It could eventually create that, but for that to be the direct response, I just feel like they were still even planning this Doctor Strange two one crossover even before the Fox purchase was done. So that's why I feel like maybe now retroactively they might go, oh hey, we could make this lead to this, but I just don't know if that was the original plan for that but hey it there's kind of precedent for it right the yeah. house of m is a very popular storyline and i i guess i guess i'll have a better gauge of that after we see wandavision because we could see wandavision and go oh this is completely about something else and those x-men theories were kind of kind of a waste of time so after wandavision i want to return to that conversation of okay maybe this is house of m or their house of m but as of right now i just there's just something i just don't buy it yet yeah i mean it, it's it's a lot of unknowns and a lot of things that just say, okay, we're going to put this issue in there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, definitely a popular theory at that point, but uh, looking at some of our listener feedback with teams, you know, we had uh, Tony who said, you know, prefer if we got two teams, a uh, classic ish one calling uncanny Cyclops, storm rogue, nightcrawler, kitty pride, Iceman and Jean gray. And then a team with not so familiar faces, maybe call them all new psylocke x23 who i know is one of your personal favorites mm-hmm. uh dazzler north star cannonball boom boom and warpath so that is yeah that is definitely some very fresh faces there cannonball um, yeah we're speaking about yep. civil war yeah that 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 that's a point <laughs> imagine that and then in this x-men we got cannonball and everyone be like okay i guess we're you know as long as he gets his his route of uh, X-Men. What is, uh, why am I forgetting the persona he takes on after civil war when he's all bandaged penance. I would love him to be looking like penance one day, but I don't think we're getting penance. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's, yeah, I think it's a little bit much right now. We got to at least uh, crawl before we walk. Um, <laughs> yeah. Our, our buddy, Nathan said he'd like to see the nineties animated series lineup for a team and so badly want to see the relationship between Gambit and rogue fleshed out. I agree with that. Um, yeah, so I I saw him tweet that, and I I think we I was on right before the network started. We were on uh, SE together, and we were talking about X Men coming in because there was all these rumors. I thought about having them, and I know we're going to talk about characters we want in the future. I thought about having them in my original lineup of X Men because it is a classic tale, but. Uh, two things that kept me one i think scott and gene will be our main romance so i think having another romance on top of that right away they'll they'll wait on and i don't think you'd get them at the same time i think it would be a rogue and that's the reason why i think we would wait because we got a lot of rogue in the original trilogy she was a big character with wolverine right because wolverine had a lot of screen time and she was there with them a lot of it so especially in that first one and the other thing is that i am interested i want to get your take on is 
the Gambit and Rogue relationship is. I wonder how they would approach that because I've always said I don't think Marvel is that big into they have romances, but it's I guess the the equivalent you could do is kind of it's like Star Lord and Gamora, but even them they have a at times I'd say Gambus Gambit has a very crass way of approaching things of uh, just a way that I think in today's day and age they might be afraid to go that far. So they may I think if done right. This rogue and gamut could be this generation's Hansel and Princess Leia, but I think just also the times they got to be careful because even watching the ninety animated series nowadays, I go there's <laughs> yeah. there's a few lines that Gambit says or just even like honestly, there's one time where Rogue is sleeping and he just forces himself on her and kisses her, and that's where at that time you're like, oh, that's Gambit being Gambit, and they don't mean it to be anything as far as him being a a terrible character like that. It was a different time, but now exactly times have changed, and I think there's a lot of that machismo with Gambit and their relationship that they might be afraid to touch so that's why I think there's a chance that we could see them one day but it will be very toned down or we don't see it all I think there's a chance we could see them like I said even separately but not even touch upon this romance so what do you think about that because I think it's a I think it's an interesting angle that they they have to deal with yeah I think you know his character definitely has to kind of tone down just because it's just not going to be accepted it shouldn't have been accepted then but that was just you know that's how they wrote his character and they kind of fell into that but it's one of these gambit definitely has got to tone that down i i i've always enjoyed their back and forth relationship i've also enjoyed rogue being with magneto i've enjoyed though that that idea so it'd be nice to see maybe a little love triangle there but i would like to see at least an acknowledgement and some an attempt to have a relationship but you know he could they could just fall on gambit's cajun background and just being kind of a, a ladies man per se but not go full tilt on it per se i agree and we've all we've seen that too with james bond recently right that they've had to reel that back because that's a character same thing as well lots of male machismo lots of kind of woman womanizing whatnot and they've kind of gone okay this does this doesn't play the greatest anymore you know especially mcu i think is usually for the most part a pretty welcoming like they want everybody so if you have a character the way gamut sometimes act in the 90s animated series i think for some people maybe like like i don't like the way this plays i still want the romance just because i wouldn't be opposed to the rogue and Magneto thing maybe being in there but the romance just because that's one thing fox never tackled you know it's it's something they left unturned and i do think there is a great chemistry there so i think it's something we could get but i i think more down the line but i do want even more than just the romance i do want a great gambit one day because uh i like to taylor kitch it up but gambit it's one of my favorite X-Men, and I really want to see a, 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 a true adaption of that character. Yeah, and so we got some more listener feedback with um, at The Great Picnic. It says, make Cyclops as endearing as Steve Rogers. He should be the glue that holds the team together. Get him right, and, and all will good. The team needs to be visually unique and striking. This ain't Avengers. These are the X-Men. And for gosh darn it, I'll agree with that. Bring except the costumes bring on the costumes i want to see it (laughs) yeah when Um, i agree with both those when he said about scott you know i already touched upon that but the outfits that's something where i don't know storyline and vibe they'll take from x-men 90s kind of that vibe and even the 90s animated series but i could see them heavily taking the costumes from there because i think they know 
that's what the fa- in my mind those are the costumes I see are the animated mm-hmm. series Claremont runs and they're just so visually stunning and I remember yep. at the end of uh, what was it uh, Apocalypse where they still looked the greatest Got but they finally were giving them that look they had X-Men with the shoulder band they had Mystique and then the next movie they're this and these X uniforms that are yellow it's just like <laughs> what were you doing I think that's one thing as far as when I talk about things I like with the MCU having X-Men they will do that look at how many suits Iron Man and Cap had they're always adapting always doing something different and i think you'll get wolverine with that cow you'll you'll get some great looking x-men i really think even if it's just because they want to sell toys doesn't matter to me you're going to get some really distinguished different looking x-men exactly and then uh kind of tying into that per se uh at at vermouth uh 1991 uh wouldn't it be cool if they incorporated the animated series theme tune into the opening music like they did in spider-man homecoming that being said though it's still disingenuous to say thank god they didn't show uncle ben dying and then have no uncle ben so yeah i I would uh it's just it's it's one of my favorite theme songs. It's just, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even do it. I can't even do it justice because I'm just going to be made fun of left and right on that one. But have you, you know, if, if they resolve the lawsuit that's currently trying to go <laughs> on with it, because I look it up listeners, there's a lawsuit going on and it is no pun intended. It is uncanny that this theme the x-men theme is actually very close to possibly being uh you know copyright infringement on that point but a different one i can't remember what it's from but it was pretty darn close yeah i was gonna say that's one thing that disappointed me in the spire movies i'm not a big fan of those scores and i am a big fan of michael giacchino or giacchino sorry but i as far as movies and games it's one of the weaker ones for me and when they have that spider-man score the classic theme but almost done with an orchestra and everything like this is great but they just use it for the opening marvel credits thing i thought we were going to get that throughout the whole movie i get it you want to make your own but that's one of those changes where i go oh they should just embrace that i would love it i'm not sure i can't remember the name of the channel but i'm sure people have heard it look up epic animated x-men animated series theme and it is really well done it is like a rock and roll version it's really good and that's what i would want but uh i that theme yeah anytime i hear it my ears perk up so i would love some sort of a corporation like that but like you said because the lawsuit they might their hands might be tied on that one yeah you know we can drop little subtle hints you know we could pull the vanilla ice routine like no it's just a little (laughs) different yeah (laughs) um all right so let's head into our 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 villains that we want to see in the uh first movie yeah, so we've talked about this a few times. I don't think it will be Magneto. I want Mojo in the Mojo verse, but I think that is a that's a wait. We'll get there. You know that that takes a little bit of build up, and of course he is one of my favorite, like everyone's else. But again, with Apocalypse maybe being done not the greatest in that X Men movie, and there not being much of build up, I think that is a Thanos for the X Men world you can build up to. So I go with my one and i think it's mr sinister or the cheap easy answer is just the government and sentinels because we never really got that story like the first few episodes of the animated x-men show are just them versus the sentinels and then magneto gets introduced but i think you could go that route of oh we want to give them some cheap easy villains this is easy get a great actor to play some government prick and he's made this uh, uh, this program that maybe like you're talking about the government 
or has experimented on these mutants, but it went awry, they escaped, or got out of control, and they got to get it back in control. And that's what better way to bring a team together as far as we're being hunted down. We only have each other to depend on. So I think the Sentinels is a go-to, if not Mr. Sinister, just because in my mind, Scott would be the main character along with Gene. And I think that way, one, it would flesh out Scott, you could have his family involved, and you could lay the breadcrumbs for a Thanos the same kind of way they did with Loki and Avengers as far as, oh, he was the main villain, but he had some other motives. There was someone behind the scenes. You could have that. I don't think they would tease that right away with Apocalypse, but I think Sinister, you could keep alive. He could vanish. And then down the line, you kind of tease that, okay, he is tied to Apocalypse. So when we want to pull that thread, we've you've met Mr. Sinister. You've met the corporation, the SX Corporation. You've met Scott. You kind of know that story. So when we bring it back and Apocalypse is involved, it's already set up. So that's kind of my two. Easy answers, Sentinels, more layered. Sinister might be too much for the first film. So that's why if I had to predict, maybe just Sentinels. So Yeah, I kind of thought the Sentinel route, but I wanted to be just a little different. I also chose Mr. Sinister, but he's not just, he's not alone. I didn't want to just, because I knew knew you would choose Sinister too, and I wanted to just be, throw a little curve in there. I do Mr. Sinister because of, as kind of my theory is, government possibly creating the mutants at that point. Genesis has been around for generations, Mm -hmm. if you know the background of Nathaniel Essex at that point. So that brings a lot of history into that and maybe his kind of dabbling into this idea of mutants at that point, but also bringing in a, a villain that kind of fits in the same line of experimentation and things like that is Proteus. Okay. McTaggart's son and his power set of, you know, energy, reality manipulation, jumping into bodies. Um, it could be kind of kind of Mr. Sinister's kind of lackey on the ground yeah. at that point, but also someone who's very powerful too. And whatever results out of this fight with the X-Men, Mr. Sinister and Proteus brings about the Sentinel program saying, okay, this is a lot bigger problem than we can contain. We need to... You know, we have our superhero registration act over here, and that didn't do it so well. Now we've got to get a Sentinel program to deal with our mutant problem. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, and he's a character that, because, again, almost like what I was talking about Bobby Drake, because of effects and MCU and CGI, you could kind of bring him to life now, I feel. I feel a little earlier. It could have not worked or could have looked cheesy. But he has a very mm-hmm. different look. He kind of looks like Voldemort at times, to be honest. But just the energy around him. So, no, I like that. I think that could and, that could and- work out. And is a key part of our favorite story, House of X, Powers of Ten. I was going to say is, and then that, if more is in these movies, would you want the House of X route? I mean, we're not there yet. No, I think that's something coming coming down the line at that point. I think, but that's what I mean, like eventually because, getting that point where she is because for years she yeah, was not a mutant, right? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's what I that's yeah, what I meant more. Yeah. Like she would be on eventually, yeah. even if it's movies down the line, you reveal, oh no, she has been a mutant, and that would be. Mm-hmm. I would love that sequence of the reveal of her being a mutant. If we got that mm-hmm. anywhere close to movie form, my goodness, I would love that. Just yeah. everything that happens, what she goes through, oh. Would be phenomenal, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, it would be. Um, we've got some of our, our listeners. Uh, Tony had an idea for his villain of the Uncanny movie. We've seen them go th- go up against so dangerous of big villains. Let's see them go against the Brotherhood of Evil. Avalanche, Toad, Blob, Pyro, Mimic, Emma Frost, or Mystique. Villain for the all-new movie, because uh, remember he had two teams, mm-hmm. um, would be Mojo and Spiral. I like it. You know, again, I like that he also didn't call out 
you know, the Brotherhood being led by typically Magneto, I like the idea of either Emma or Mystique maybe leading it at that point. I think I also did, you know, Tony, I was thinking along those same lines too at one point. Um, you know, I, I, my, I, I would love it at that point, team against team. You always want to make sure that we're not having too many things on screen, but yeah. that would be so cool to have that that kind of fight. If not in the first movie, definitely down the line, team against team. I think that's a great idea. I would love it to happen because in X3 they tried that, but it was just them yeah, versus yeah. like a bunch of like extras, right? But I think we've talked about this a few times that action scene in Civil War proves if you got enough time, and even if they flesh mm-hmm. out the villains a little bit, you could have a great set piece. And I even think something, it'd be great if you could have Emma Frost leading it, but maybe somehow that leads to a switch if it was like my team as far as you could have Emma Frost with the Brotherhood and they need on the X-Men and eventually they kind of switch places, allegiances because of just where their lives take them. So I think the Brotherhood led by someone else is definitely not out of the question and then you could also pick it up of like you know like a a rebranding of a band or a magneto jump ship and it's like you know no we're gonna do things my way and i think there i would like a mm-hmm. we got glances of the brotherhood in the x-men of fox films but i would like the full flush out of a massive team and uh, yeah give me toad I, I i love that that slimy guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um these next few are just kind of quick hits i know we're running long at that point but um it's such a great discussion <laughs> <laughs> um kind of quick ones like some storylines you want to be uh depicted um some of mine i've already you know i would love fatal attractions but you got to bring in wolverines that may be a little further down the line um age of apocalypse that would be a cool kind of you know i know it was oh we've already done days of future past eh, not like this this ain't no days of future past this yeah. is a whole different ball game and then the mutant massacre their their true first major x-men crossover from the comics i would love to see that fleshed out um yeah i i kind of showed those auto race some house of x some ultimate x-men and i'm gonna bring up ultimate x-men again in a second i think avengers versus x-men could be a potential line i also mm-hmm. don't think it's like the greatest comic book but i think there's some stuff in there that was worth keeping worth revisiting i want to because we just like skipped over a little bit in the mission as far as because like i said i talked about storylines earlier what it, what's your deal with wolverine and how do you think that happens because with me with the ultimate x-men and why what i refer to i don't know necessarily that story in that team i think they'll be using but as far as the wolverine storyline i think wolverine if they have every mutant kind of popping up right now in present day i think they could make wolverine this legendary mysterious mythic character of he was the first mutant i know apocalypse usually is but let's say in their kind of conscious he was the first mutant and there's always rumblings about him and in my kind of timeline i think we would meet x23 first she'd be on the team let's say uh x-men 2 or x-men 3 maybe the villain weapon x i think it's tough because they did weapon x to death in those fox movies but let's say there is a version where okay she comes in the x-men and they go well they find out what are your powers below and they go and somebody with knowledge was oh she was cloned from just a character just a mythic person known as the wolverine and just that kind of whisper almost kind of like a voldemort sense and i think you could the same way I don't think we will get any love triangle between Scott, uh, Gene, and Wolverine. I think that's been done before. I think Marvel will want to stay away from that because they did it a lot in the Fox films. But I think you could have X-23. She's introduced as the clone of Wolverine, and that builds up the mystique of when's he coming, when's he coming? And kind of like Ultimate X-Men, he could be on more of the villainous side to be sent there to kill Xavier, to kill somebody. So that's kind of my approach with Wolverine as far as you bring him in slowly, and maybe you bring him in a different way. Because if he's a villain off the bat, people might be 
be like, oh, this is interesting, but people, because they love Wolverine, aren't going to cast him out. It's not like other characters were like, really, you're making him a villain? They love him enough that even if he was a villain for one movie or it was a cliffhanger, almost like he was Winter Soldier-esque as far as can we trust him, can we not? I think because people love Wolverine, there's lots of... There's lots of ways to move that people will give the benefit of the doubt. Go, okay, let's let's see what you're doing. We had what 12, 14 years, whatever it is, with Hugh Jackman. We got tons of Wolverine. Let's do something different. And I think that's the approach. I think we'll get X twenty three first. And you could even even if my approach is wrong about Wolverine being this mythic character or you know the kind of this lone wanderer, I still think you'll get X twenty three first, and they will save Wolverine. And even if there is no X twenty three, they'll save Wolverine till. Maybe even a third film. I could see. I could legitimately see an entire X Men trilogy with no Wolverine. Yeah, I, I, I do like the ultimate X Men point of view of him being kind of a, a, an assassin or just kind of a black ops kind of person. I'm not sure about X twenty three. I like mm-hmm. it, but I just I, I think it gets a little confusing at that point. Um, and, and I would love I would love to see her on screen at that point as, as well. But I, I'm I'm with you. I like the the idea of the ultimate X-Men version of Wolverine coming into play. You know, he's one of mine that I, I want to see eventually come in because, again, it's Wolverine. You can't you can't have X-Men without having a Wolverine um, at that point. You know, kind of leads us into some of our other questions of some, you know, what are the other characters you would want to eventually just eventually have come in? to to the x-men either on a team or on solo route uh yeah i think there's some classics i already talked about gammon rogue beast beast is one i need to see what they do with hulk because i think if as long as hulk is professor hulk those characters are a bit too similar in my mind so i think they'd like to wait for that uh like i said x-23 i almost included her on my main roster but i think she could be a legacy character that starts to lead the the new x-men once they kind of revamp it or something like that is kitty pride i think kitty pride I almost had her on my team right now as our lead, but I thought, well, no, I kind of want Gene and Scott to be the lead and really flesh them out. So, like I said, I think in a movie or two, you you bring her in as a new lead, and then uh, Emma Frost as well. Again, we talked about her. And then on the villain side, I've shown him up many times. I just have a love for Omega Red. I love the look. He's kind of cheesy, but that's a character I would like. Maybe you could tie it in with Weapon X or Wolverine down the line. But, uh, yeah, those are some of the ones I would I would shout out. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, I think I got everybody. Yeah, some of the ones besides Wolverine I, I've got is Bishop. Um, oh yeah gambit like you uh forge love forge always been a, a huge ford forge supporter x23 like you said uh, and a few kind of deep cuts at that point uh phantom x uh, i loved him on uncanny x-force I just, he's such a cool character and then armor is kind of a you know a new young hero coming mm. in and, and her power set no so those, morph? Yeah, some of them no morph morph <laughs> I, I, no morph yeah it's it, it, i I was just trying to. I could list everything I want, but yes, Morph would definitely be on my list too. Uh, another, <laughs> come on, it's a cool character. Yeah, another person I had, but the reason I took her off was Magic. I thought you could have her, but with her just being a new yeah. mutant, I wonder with that they might steer away from it. But I thought again they could be if New Mutants wasn't a thing. I think that could be likely because I don't think we're getting Colossus anytime soon with potential Deadpool and whatnot. So I thought Magic could be a choice, but with New Mutants, maybe they'll go. Ah, we just did that. Let's do something else. Yeah, I, I wanted to put magic on my list, and and eventually, you know, everything will be possible. They will be coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, our next one is: Can we have spinoffs with different X teams? And if so, what teams? Um, what do you think? Or uh, you know, we're gonna have X Men proper, but is is 
is it going to be enough room to bring in our other X teams that have been so famously storied in the comics? Yeah, I think 100%. I think as long as everything goes according to plan, that fans like it, critics like it, they do well. Because, hey, let's say they put out the first X-Men movie, they put out two, and for some reason, and we don't know how the world's going to be like in years, people always talk about superhero fatigue. I don't think that's going to set in the way people think. But let's say there's a time where it just goes backwards. If it all goes right, I think it's. I think anything's in play. I think like the X-Force is in play. I know Nathan's talked about it on SCI, I agree with him. Alpha Flight could be in play, maybe not in their own movie, but I think he does had a good pitch i hadn't thought about that until like you could that's where you put wolverine wolverine and the alpha flight you know kind of what they should have done with harley quinn birds of prey i think i i think kind of the sky is the limit with x-men and that's one thing as far as if people are still digging comic movies marvel x-men people say they got a 10 year like another 10 years with x-men no they got like another 10 to 20 to 30 years with x-men if people were really loving it again maybe we're not getting four films a year but x-men you have so much cut up that's why i'm always down for another batman movie because people always go oh another batman movie and i go there's so many characters and villains that we have still not met in these movies and we've had so many so x-men's the same i i don't think there's a team that is not possible to be honest yeah, it's it, it's it X Factor X Force. I mean, these could be way yeah, down the line yeah. after, you know, just of what it is. I mean, you can go the X Factor route of when you know Scott and Gene kind of they they broke off at that point, or you could go you know the multiple man route and have them be you know a detective agency or an agency looking into different issues. So, uh, I it's just there's so many different iterations, and then kind of our bringing it to a close. Um, you know, our discussion, which will probably be ongoing at that point. And obviously, you know, listeners, we didn't put all the questions out there, but if you've got some responses, you know, definitely would, you know, in, enjoy that is, you know, what, what solo movies would you want to see? It's tough because we've, I've heard this conversation from everybody of like, do you take the Avengers approach and then you bring them together? I am more in the camp that for majority, I want my X-Men to be together. And if they're solo movies, it's kind of like what we talked about where it's like, it's not a solo movie in a sense. It's like a bunch of people creating another team and going that route. I do just think from a money standpoint, Wolverine is not done with solo movies. I think it, whether it's my way, whether it's Chris way, whether it's Marvel's way, however they introduce that character, I think there is prime potential for him to be on the plate and same thing. There's tons of stuff, you know, I think they need to be careful because, you know, this might surprise some people on the network with Robert Pattinson's Batman coming up in concept. I was not a fan of it. I went, I've seen enough of young Batman. That's why I was a fan of Ben Affleck's Batman. Like I want the older gritty. He's been through many times luckily they go hey matt reese is directing we've done we're doing the riddler oh i haven't seen a great riddler on screen yet you know like, oh we got zoe Cra- oh so they they sold me on but at first like ah, i've seen this before do we really need to go down this path wolverine you could have that issue with but i think they will find some storyline that will make it seem different enough some kind of uncovered ground and i just think money wise there's there's too much left on the table to just not do a Wolverine movie. And obviously I guess Deadpool kind of counts and X-Men. I think that's a murky area as far as no pun intended murky, but like, I don't know what they're doing with that. Some days I think, Oh, for sure. But then they've just been so quiet. So I want, I really want some confirmation on that, but really other than Wolverine, there's no one that I'm like, like gleaming to see. Like, I don't need that Gambit soul film. I don't need that. I'm not opposed perhaps, but I, I prefer them as a unit. Yeah, I mean, it, there are some that just pie in the sky in the sense of like I am one of the ones that's Gambit because I like he's a character with a backstory. I just 
one film, I'm good. Yeah, one, one, yeah, one film. film, yeah. Okay. One, yeah. one, we don't have to turn everything into a trilogy at that point. Uh, Storm is another one with a very cool backstory yeah. at that point. A- and one of my favorites that, you know, eventually to come in at that at that point would be Cable. I'd love to see a Cable solo mm-hmm. film. That, and, that'd be and wild. Or him taking over as the main leader of X-Force. That would be cool. Yeah. No, I, I'd be. Yeah. And that's the same thing. I'm not like a super opposed to those. I, I'm down for all of those. So those, I, I could be I could easily be talking to any X-Men. You could probably talk me into it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that was a. Whew, we're gonna be hopefully we'll, we'll have to revisit as uh, hopefully soon soonish in the year down the line. Maybe we'll get some more and have to revisit this. But yeah, listeners, hopefully you enjoyed some of our <laughs> our uh, ideas at that point. But would love to hear back from you. So continue to uh, you know let us know what you think. We'll read them on the air. But for the listeners that did take the time to do that as well for this one, thank you. I appreciate it. those were some great ideas and great feedback for what you want to see coming out of the X Men with the MCU. Oh, absolutely. Whew, this was a lot. That was that was. That was an experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Chris and I hope you're enjoying another edition of the Marvel Alliance podcast. We're about to throw some ads right now. These ads help build the channel. They help support every single show here on the feed. The thing is, who we're partnered with, we don't get to select the ads, and we don't get to select the volume of the ads, unfortunately. So we're giving you this warning to adjust your headsets, turn down that volume, so you can listen to all these ads and support the Geek Ultimate Alliance. I'm going to give you a countdown. You're going to hear some ads, and then you're going to go right back into the episode. Three, two, one. <laughs> um, but you want to get into some of my factor fiction? I, I have I have kept it along the same theme. These are all X Men themes. Okay, I'm ready. Hit me with them. All right. So uh, I'm gonna save. Like I said, I've got four. I'm gonna pick the one I know I want to put. It. Okay. Um, the MCU will devote half of one of their upcoming phases to introduce the X Men. Oh, um, so that would be like in film by name, right? Like you would know off the jump, this is dedicated to X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. Some, something along like you're, it's going to be very clear there within solo movies or a X-Men proper film, they will devote half of one of their phases to properly introduce the X-Men. I think fact, cause like I said, I think if it hits and it takes off they're they're running and they have so much potential, like you said, X factor, X-Men, Wolverine, you could do solo spinoffs. So yeah, I, I would go fact. I don't have a, I don't have much of a reason to pitch against you. If you were to say like the, like phase five or six specifically, then I'd say, mm, I don't know, but one of the upcoming ones could be even seven. I think eventually it will snowball into, uh, you know, X-Men having a big stay in the MCU. So I'm going to say fact on that one. Yeah, and I, I'm saying fact on this one, too, just because, you know, it doesn't have to be solo, 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 solo movie to bring a team. However, the X-Men are just too big of a a juggernaut, you know, pun intended, <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> to just start doing a movie you can i mean people say well that's how the fox did that's that's true but i'd like to see a little more flesh out and then we get our team at that point but i'm i'm saying fact as well with this one plus they could do crossovers Um, with other characters right like a thor ragnarok style where oh wolverine's in this storms in black panther 4 whatever you know like that, that i could see a lot of that yeah um one of the uh, major final movies in one of the phases will be an X-Men Avengers team up. So team up would not, would that also count for like an X-Men versus Avengers or no? Uh, 
you could at that point. I just don't. I didn't want to say versus okay. just because. So just a movie of them together. I, I'm, just a movie of them together. If they want to be fighting, great. But I'm just saying a, a, a team up at that point. And you know what? Why not throw the Fantastic Four in? We'll have one big, <laughs> one big. But for this one, yeah, one of the end of the phases will be an Avengers X-Men team up. Uh, I think so. I think you will get because everyone says, how do you get back to Endgame? I think they're doing the right step as far as we're going back to basics, Black Widow, Eternal Sanctuary. We're going to start very small. But I think eventually you will get another big battle, whether it's them versus Galactus, them versus Apocalypse, them versus a Doctor Doom, our returning thanos who knows but i think you will that is that next step like well how do you top all these avengers and guardians and spider-man together well we haven't done avengers and x-men yet and you haven't seen wolverine and spider-man on screen together yet so it's like and then you go oh yeah th- that looks pretty great i'm gonna go see that so i i do think you'll get some big event i know there's been like ultimatum rumors and stuff like that i think whatever the event is you will see it at the end of one of these phases yeah and uh yeah i'm also uh, i i this is what big fact for me, just because it's it's two great teams. I mean, I know Fantastic Four is a team, but again, four versus you know the 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 rosters on both Avengers and X Men can be vast at yeah. that point. So, um, my last one is I'm going to save that one for another time. It's X Men focused, but we'll I'll save that one for another time. <laughs> um, I will. This one will be kind of ties in what you were talking about earlier we will see deadpool in the mcu but it will be in an x-force movie not a solo movie i yeah this is this is tough because we know reynolds has met with them absolutely nothing to do with rob liefeld i'm sorry this is this is yeah yeah (laughs) this is just deadpool it's and even before the rob liefeld stuff came in him like and i don't even know i believe i have always still had a hard time of them because he is very radar and he is very crude, but I, so if he will be in the MCU. Uh, I'd, uh, I'll say, I'll say fact. How about, how about this? How about this? I'll have a caveat that may help you out a bit. Like I said, he, we will see him, his debut in the MCU will be in an X-Force movie, not a solo movie. How's that? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I will say fiction right now, not even because just exports, just because I just, I don't know if he has come to the MCU. I really don't. I could see there being more Deadpool movies and maybe some MCU jokes, but I, I'm going to say fiction because I just, they've just been so quiet. And I know Bob Iger said they have, they're writing a movie. They have plans for a movie, but they've never, they, when he was talking about that Deadpool movie, that's when he was also talking about other Fox movies like Planet of the Apes and stuff like that. They never did like, I always take that quote when Feige is like, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the mutants. We didn't get a chance to talk about Fantastic Four at Comic-Con. He didn't say Deadpool. And I know people are going, well, Deadpool is a mutant, so that counts. I know, but I feel like Deadpool is its almost own entity now. So I'm going to say fiction because I'm still, I'm still in the camp that I don't know if he's going to be in the MCU. So I'll say fiction. Yeah, the reason I'm going to say fact on this one, I'm three for three with fact. Um, but the reason for this one is that it gives them it gives them a way of wiggle room to see how can we make how can we push the envelope with Deadpool because an MCU R rated movie is just it's not yet. No, I, I, I yet, you know, we're not there yet, but this allows us to do X-Force, which is a paramilitary black ops team. How far can we push a PG 13 rating on an MCU film, have Deadpool and 
do that. I know they say, oh, what we they did that with the the Deadpool two PG thirteen movie. I'm talking about like let's do it really properly. Let's not just <laughs> yeah, you know, do something like let's, let's let's see how far we can push that envelope with not only X Force but also with Deadpool at that point. So that's why I'll say fact. It gives them a chance to see what they can do. Yeah, that's true. No, those are some good points. So yeah, next week I will. I'll try and think of some stingers for you because that Deadpool one that was that that's a tough one. It's I, I'm excited yeah. to hear more on that well, in the future. Brought it up, I'm like, oh, he's not gonna like this one. He's gonna say <laughs> dirty pool. <laughs> but yeah, so those are my my factor fictions. So um, so yeah, so we got comic book club. Um, you want to let's? I, I think we do our announcement uh, for our next one. Yes. You know, or, yeah. Sure. So yeah. Um, well, yeah. You go ahead. Yeah, we, you know, I brought it up to you this week, you know, when we were talking about doing, you know, an X-Men focused show that, you know, it was either going to be this week or next week, we were going to make choices. But I know you were starting to get back into reading this arc and I was just starting it. I said, you know what, I really just want to do this with the this particular one with the listeners. And I said, would it be cool to maybe not do a choice this this iteration of comic book club and then maybe the next one and obviously the next one we do we'll put it out there for choice Mm -hmm. and um, you know when you asked what the choice was i was saying you know i kind of want to do house of x powers of 10 just because of how monumental a shift this brought into um the x-men universe and i think it would be cool that it is it's just a and outstanding story that has shocked uh X fans all over, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, and that, that's what we'll do going forward. We're still going to do polls and whatnot, but that's a good thing with lots of these issues, like Civil War. It's only a seven one power is a ten. I think in total, it's not too big. Like it's like it's. I think it's ten or I think it's twelve. Twelve issues. Yeah, so that's total. only six, yeah. Six powers of 10 yeah so it's only a couple months but the good thing is we plan on doing this show for a while and that's what we're probably going to do in the future that we're still going to have fan vote one like chris said the next one will be but i think in the future too we will do like when black widow comes up i'd love us to cover a black widow one because that's a character that i've not read much of some things like even i know chris has read some grand eternals run i've read zippo zero internals i know very little about them other than i did research for the podcast you pull up the wiki you kind of talk to other people that read them so that's right in the future i think we will every once in a while pick say hey this time we're going to do it to tie to a character tied to an upcoming movie because i think that's also good too something for eternals i know there's probably tons of people out there like myself that don't know much about the Eternals. so one it's kind of an educating one and i think that's the same thing with this as far as one it's just a great comic book and i think you and i can have some great discussions about it it's a great run but i think it's also good for if anyone's missed it one maybe get you in on it but two kind of talk about the ramifications going forward and talk about hey maybe it could have some effects in the movies because we've seen that before where they like to adapt stuff that is currently happening so yeah once so war is done we're gonna do house of x so get ready for that i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and that's the same thing when we choose them i think we're gonna choose ones that you guys won't be like oh this is a really random one like if we choose something in a tie to the movie like i said i think that's educational or house of x i think people will be excited like, oh okay we're gonna do some really big ones so i'm i'm excited yeah, I mean, to start it, after it's gonna be a long one just because it's it you can't do just house of x and, and without powers of 10 just because it yeah. ties in so well together at that point and you know it, it's it's just such a it, what hickman did was i'd never been this excited since house of m you know when when bendis was brought on board mm-hmm. at that point um i know the both of them are on marvel unlimited at that point so it is it is the full both 
both sets are on there. It is not on necessarily Comicsology Unlimited, um, but it is available to purchase. And for kind of like every day, I get an email from Comicsology about you know deals that they have going on for percentages off. So we still got some time. We're still we're only at the halfway point today with uh, Civil War. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, I'm excited about it. I've been looking for an excuse just to do, do another run at, at this. Yeah. You know, you know, can't tell already how much of a fan I am of this. Oh yeah, so no, I'm if excited. You've never read it. If you've never read it, guys, ladies, everyone, this is this is going to be a fun one. It, it really is. I mean, I've already enjoyed doing, you know, with Civil War Comic Book Club. I think this is going to this is going to have some interesting discussion points. So, yeah, I agree. It's one of those great yeah. runs, and it's one of my favorites as well. So yeah, so now we're in a Civil War, and we're talking issue four, correct? So. What did you? Yeah, what did you think about this? this? Is a this is a I'd say definitely a big issue. Sometimes a little controversial, <laughs> but yeah. What did you think you about know, this one? Got, got big moment bookends. Yeah, you know this is you know we we and then in the middle we kind of get oh shoot what just happened you know it, it it had a lot of emotions going on where you know the the big moment of not only seeing Thor come down. But this is not our Thor, at least not the Thor that we're familiar with. <laughs> and he kills Goliath in, in in the ensuing battle, and it just stops everything. It's like what just happened, and, and kind of invisible woman kind of showing her true colors in the sense of she is done trying to stand up on Tony's side and Reed's side and finds them a way out. And then kind of both sides kind of come into grips of this one and say, neither side wanted it to work out like this. Like this was a, I think both of them have a lot to think, had a lot to think about. I'm glad both of them were kind of wrestling with this on either side of, I don't know if I want to be a part of this team. And they say, well, are you going to join the other team? I don't know if I want to join any team at this point, because you guys made some massive mistakes on both sides. Um, But you know, we'll save the ending for for the reveal at the end of the uh, the bookend. But I love the the how the heroes are still not sure about are they really on the right side. Even the leaders are just like I mean, I think I take it back. You know, Cap's firmly in his camp. I think Reed is very firmly in his camp. I think Tony is just he's he's having that and say he knows he's doing the right thing but this is not what he wanted to have go down yeah this is this was a, a this was not i i like seeing that side of tony because i i agree with as we said before i think the movie really made tony's side relatable i think this one has tried to make him more of the villain but it's these moments here that says that people seem to forget that tony was not as I mean, if anyone want to look at the bigger villain i should be reed you know, Reed can't see mm-hmm. see past his own the 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 science the the possibilities of this. While Tony's starting to have not just second thoughts, but just he's seeing the ramifications of his decision. Yeah, we've talked about before how all these issues have been something. It's all been the inciting incident or the escalation or the line drawing. This was all about questioning, and you see everybody from Peter Parker to Susan Storm 
to even uh, Cable, which always threw me off that Cable's one of the people that jumped over. <laughs> yeah. When he's, I still don't buy it. I honestly don't. When he's like, well, they got Thor, best jump over. I still, in my mind, picture Cable's like the guy, like, I'm going to go down swinging. So I've always found that one off a little off. But a bunch of characters are questioning, okay, I chose the side, but is it the right side? Am I doing the right thing? And for both sides, you see many angles. Again, Tony Stark at the funeral, you think this woman's going to ream him out, but no, it's like, no, this was Goliath's fault. He should have been with you. And it's not because when we saw that last time at a funeral, Sony, uh, Tony got his face spat at, everything like that. It was it was his motivation where this was, no, you're doing the right thing. So again, when a moment where he's so low, he almost gets reaffirmed a no, you're doing the right thing. Keep going. So it's and the read stuff. It's funny. We talked about this at our um, Fantastic Four episode where I'm like you. Another thing we have in common, that Susan Storm is my favorite member of the Fantastic Four. And I've not read too many Fantastic Four books. I've read a few, but I remember this being a big moment of really liking this character. Not just the, okay, she does a cool turn and she puts the shield up. What I loved was the goodbye to read, that whole note, because it's just so personal. It's something when I read it, like, this is just... This is like kind of storytelling, something I'd love to see in a movie yeah. 101. It's like, hey, I gave you this dinner brain food. We made love one last time. And it's just like, Shh, I did not want you to remember me that moment. I want you to remember the good, even though I'm completely ashamed of you. So it's like she's feeling such kind of ill will and hatred towards this husband, this man she loves. But she is still, she knows he's misguided. He knows there's still a heart there and she's hoping he could find a way to fix all this. But she just does not view him as being right. But she still didn't want to just go and blaze a glory in an argument like i said they spent like one last night together in this context and i remember reading that for the first time be like you know what i'm a susan storm fan like that's my member of the fantastic mm-hmm. four and she, it's great she is just that those moments it's not just standing up to read it, it, it's about saying i am i still love you i i you know she, she said I, I love you more than you know at that point but i can't stand by you while our friends while this is happening with our friends you are going down a path that you know I'll quote, you know it sounds like a little star wars episode three you're going down a path that i can't i can't stand with you anymore yeah you know i can't i can't see myself with you anymore and maybe if this shakes you out of w- what you're doing so be it but you know she she her and johnny are i i think are you know I, I was I was very impressed to see her make that stand and to be as strong of a character as she's always been, but not always portrayed. Uh, I, I think there's always been more to Sue than, and I think it's in recent years that we have seen more of Sue be the leader that she really is. Um, you know, it's seeing you know seeing that Thor is basically a clone ish. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that this all came about dating back to when they first met Thor, going, getting a hair follicle at that point, that they've been trying to do this. And knowing that the mad scientist, you know, guess what? Your Frankenstein can't be controlled as much as you think it does, you know? Yeah, I love that little, like, that little, like, he's had it since the first meeting at Avengers Tower. That That's very, like, Batman-esque of, like, how do I beat the entire Justice League? You know, mm-hmm. like, that that was that moment. So I liked, again, it was showing some, a side of Tony where, again, it's not exactly villainous. He was just planning for what could happen the worst. And it, that is their Superman in a way of, right, he's a god, he's so powerful, what could happen? But in this sense, it's not to take him down, it's to bring him back and make him this, like, kind of, at first he seems like regular Thor, but then it's the Pet cemetery thing as the 
longer he's around, something's wrong. And there's this this one brutal quote where Dagger says, I thought you were dead. And then Thor goes, no, that would be you. And then he hits her <laughs> with the hammer. And it's just such a like, oh, my God, like this is this Thor is like Thor, of course, is a warrior. But that was a moment of like, OK, something is wrong because he wouldn't be treating these. He, he would treat villains like that, but he wouldn't be treating people comrades in a way like that right so and then once the goliath thing hits i remember that happening the first time reading that and just being like and even then i at first honestly yeah. i did not put two and two together that it was a clone thor or something and i just thought man they're really sacrificing the character of thor right now and then luckily we get that reveal of hey something went wrong we thought this would be the ultimate weapon and it just sets off this chains of events of like we talk about every character peter right away being like maybe this was a big mistake and then even him talking with hank and hank kind of getting mad at him being like hey i'm not detached enough that i lost old friend that i wouldn't feel bad about this you know so and even just this it, it's just like any great panel or any great shot in the movie when we get that first shot or first panel of goliath's funeral and it's just that massive gravestone and everything like that mm-hmm. it just really said in one it's just morbid and really depressing but just the, how they couldn't shrink them it's just sad it's just like it really puts in a context yeah. of yeah they lost a friend but it's now you have a grave site the size of a football field if you haven't figured out this is in front of your face like you or could be making a <laughs> huge mistake and i love tony he paid for the whole funeral and then it just again it's almost like and you know some of these beginning this episode how i watched the dark Knight in theaters and that's my favorite movie of all time and always people just throw at me it's like oh because you're such a batman guy yes that has something to do with it but what i love about that movie is to me, the theme of it, and lots of people always go, why is it about Gordon and Two-Face and Batman? It should just be a Batman movie. No, the movie's about goth, and the movie's about how far is each man willing to go to take someone down. And I think that's what the Civil War is turning into now when it ends with the Thunderbolts. It's showing each side, okay, you want to take down Tony. You want to take down Cap. That's fine. But now, how far are you willing to go? Because now we're getting to that point where you've crossed the line. Each step, you're getting further yeah. and further away from that line. And then turning to the Thunderbolts, I remember reading that as... The first time, just being like, okay, now they're playing dirty. If they weren't playing dirty before, they're turning to actual villains to help them out. That's when I was like, I'm fully team cap. I I can't support yeah. this. So it was a yeah. great great ending. <laughs> no, it was just having that reveal, and and it seems you know Reed is you know everyone could say you know this is their version of the Suicide Squad, especially when they say, oh yeah, they're going to be tagged and chipped. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we know what those chips are going to be, <laughs> but. But yeah, seeing seeing the the ending shot of, you know, we've got Bullseye, Venom, Taskmaster, Hawkeye, Lady Deathstrike, Jack-O-Lantern, you know, all that group there, you know, it makes it for, oh, God, okay, we're, yeah, we've entered a new phase that, uh, you're right, I mean, I can't agree with that either. It's just, it's never got that far gone that we've got to start compromising our morals for that. But uh, like imagine yeah, if so, we started heck, doing that in society, if the police said, hey, to take down this other group, we're going to let out criminals from people that are murderers, not just people that maybe like didn't pay their taxes. We're going to let out murderers, people that were massive crimes, maybe even terrorists, and they're going to help us out as the public. I would be scared to death. If that <laughs> was a real situation. I would go. I am questioning the government that is running my country right now. If That's what we're doing. And we have no other way to get together. So it, it's like you said before. Every issue ends with that great. Right when you think, oh, they've done everything, it's like another addendum. Like, oh my god! Like if, seeing Venom there with his gross smile and everything like that. Like, this is who's helping us out. Okay, and then it's just like, what could happen next? And it's they just did such yeah. a good job of keeping you interested and not not feeling like a gimmick, you know? Yeah. No. So, 
All right, we got three more. We got three more issues. Yeah. So we we're going to see what what where we go from there. But uh, but yeah. So wow, great episode. We thought like what was it? The last episode of the episode before that was longest. This is definitely going to be our longest. Oh yeah, episode. volume six is the longest one. But uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, you don't even got to throw to me. Uh, Travis B Snail on Twitter. That's where you can find me. Whether I'm talking about Geek Burst, whether I'm on Marvel Alliance or anything else. Check us out this week on July 11th is our five year. We'll be streaming for Geek Burst. But yeah, it's our five year anniversary send in your questions Ooh. but yeah no it's it's crazy it's crazy it's been half a decade but it's just we get everyone together we set aside time and we just kind of shoot the shit like my question to the whole cast is like rank your favorite trips in chocolate bar like that is a full cast where we're just we're just being fun and we're kind of just reminiscing so uh yeah and thanks to everyone that listens to this i hope you enjoyed the x-men conversation i had a great time as usual chris and i'm happy we got to do this and uh i'll be excited for down the line when we get some actual substantial news but it was fun to like sit back and fantasy book and monday back quarterback and everything like that so i i, I thought yep. it was a really good one kevin feige we know you're listening we'll, oh yeah we'll, we'll, we, we're not we're we're we're, we're not necessarily going to be cheap but we're not also going to be robert downey expensive so you know, i'll be I know. cheap you can just you can <laughs> <laughs> you you can buy me a bag of sweet uh chili miss vicky's which is a chip brand in canada and i'll i'll sit in the room <laughs> and write for you for days Okay, I'm not going to sell myself that short at that point. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Travis, okay, we'll do that. But no, that's always great. And gang, congratulations to you all at Geek First. I'm glad we're we're a small part of your 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 all's history. And thank you for letting us be a part of that. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Balga. the The show's Twitter handle is at Marvel A Podcast. Uh, you can email the show at Marvel Alliance Podcast at gmail.com and you can follow the Geek Ultimate Alliance on Twitter at GUA Pod Network. Um, we have a Patreon, so feel free if you want to get some either ad free episodes, early episode drops, and some of our, you know, we've got a few exclusive up there, but we're going to get some more up there very, very soon. Um, feel free to tweet or email, provide us feedback, give us questions. And uh, continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, whichever podcast you're listening to. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, everyone, as always. And Excelsior, true believers.